Welcome to the podcast where we combine Clifton strengths, God's word, and mindset coaching to discover how to use our talents for God's kingdom. Are you living in the virtue of your strengths? Learn how you can better name, claim, and tame your Clifton strengths so they can be aimed towards God's glory. Hey, folks, welcome back to the Living in the Virtues of Your Strengths podcast. My name is Matt Ingold. I'm a certified Catholic coach at Metanoia Catholic and also a um, Gallup Clifton Strengths Finder coach. And uh, here on this call, we explore how to live our talents, our Strengths Finder talents virtuously. There's a lot of calls that are out there about name, claim, and aim. We want to name, claim, tame, and aim our talents so they can be directed towards God's glory. That's what we're aiming for. We want our talents to make us saints the more that we use them. Okay, so today we're gonna be exploring the drum roll, please share my screen. Here we go. Boy, I got a lot of screens open. And yeah, here we go. Okay, command. I was sharing with the people at the beginning of the call, doing our straw poll here. I have some thoughts about command. It's my number 34 and I'm a Marine. And I have thoughts about like, is it possible for a Marine officer to not have command. So it was a little depressing when I first saw this and I was just like, oh, I'm going to take the test again. Um, but the more I've read into this, this, uh, this talents. And when we start, when you start to actually look at the words that Gallup very intentionally uses to describe these talent themes, you, you can start to, to, to own or, you know, deny or the reality or own the reality, whether you have that talent, that habitual way of showing up, thinking, feeling, and acting that can be pr applied productively, or you don't, okay? So what we're going to be exploring today is really this talent of command, what Gallup has to say on it. We got other people on the call here, some certainly higher than 34, can't get any lower on the, on the call today. So I, I win the prize, the lowest, okay? And... uh that's my competition at 17 coming in and being like, yeah, I win. And uh, also, we're asking the question, what drives the person with command? Then we're going to be switching over to kind of the virtuous, vicious exploration of this talent, right? And then what are some of the mindsets that are behind this talent showing up virtuously or it's showing up viciously, okay? So we know that at Metanoia Catholic, we're mindset coaches, the body go reveals what is going on in the interior right the body and it alone makes visible the invisible reality of the person okay so knowing that what's going inside will be made visible outside we are incarnation incarnation machines we can't deny it uh we want to take some of these thoughts captive that are inclining us to show up viciously so that we can bring them to the light of reason and then have the Lord speak his word over those things that are inclined us to show up in this command talent today uh, and more virtuously. Okay, so let's jump into our baseball card and see what Gallup has to say about this. And again, when we look at the actual Gallup references, it's good to look at the words that they choose to use. I mean, they're very intentional about how they uh, describe each one of these talent themes. So this is pulled from the baseball card to give us a high level view of command. All right, so the person that's high in command may say, I am, how are they being? I am direct and decisive. I will, what are they doing? I will push back when pushed. I bring, what's their contribution? I bring emotional clarity. That was interesting. Uh, that need, the requirement, challenges and conflicts. Okay. 
I love what's the value that they bring. I love exerting control in situations that seem out of control. I hate, again, what do they value? That passivity and avoidance. Anything passive or just avoiding it or tiptoeing around, it's like, no, let's be frank. Let's get right to it. Uh, the metaphor image is comfortable in the driver's seat and that barrier label, bossy or dictator. So that emotional clarity is something that kind of jumps off the page at me. But we can understand it given our mind, our background and as mindset coaches, right? So where is emotional unclarity or disclarity or confusion come in? Well, it comes from a confusing perspective, right? And so where emotion can kind of come in and just kind of muddy the way that we look at things, command has that ability to show up and be somewhat deadpan, just look at the facts, be very frank and say, okay, this is how it is. Hey, I don't, facts don't care about your feelings, right? Facts don't care about your feelings. Let's make a decision. Okay. So that's where that decisiveness and that emotional clarity kind of takes emotion out of the, out of the, uh, the situation, which for people that are high empathy or high in those relationship skills that tend to have a lot more, you know, stronger emotions, or maybe they weigh their emotions at a higher value than the person with command may feel like, I'm getting a little bit, you know, I'm not being seen here, all right? Or I'm I'm being dismissed. My emotions are being dismissed. Okay, so when we look at the word picture here, what drives the person with command? People that are watching on YouTube, you can see this, follow along. Everybody's listening. Here's what we got. The first image I have is are, are two wrestlers that are grappling, right? So I, I, I look at command. They're, they're not, they don't shy away from the fight. They see the conflict. Again, it's something that they even need. They move towards it. They say, okay, there's conflict here, not for just the sake of resting in the conflict, but conflict can bring clarity, right? I think of the, uh, uh, I think of what's it called? Uh, oh, goodness, the five dysfunctions of a team. Patrick Lencioni, you know, he talks about just one of his big things that he talks about is the importance of just having healthy conflict. I mean, the flip side of unhealthy conflict is when you're just, you're, you're seeing where there's conflict and you're just going, you're just, just saying, well, let's ignore it, right? But meanwhile, nobody's really aligned. Command wants to get people aligned and on the same page. So all those things that we ignore for the sake of going, going along to get along, right? Command says, <laughs> no, let's get clarity on where we're going and be decisive on where we're going and what we truly value. And if you value something a little bit different than I value, I want to know what that is. So bring it up. Command can be very good at bringing people to the table to be heard, right? But it's going to demand that you that you also back it up with facts, right? It's not going to be an emotional argument that it's looking at. Okay. Uh, I've got the helm here, you know, the steering wheel of a ship, because again, I think Master and Commander, that movie with Russell Russell Crowe. And I think of the way that the... Uh, you know, the, 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 the commander, the captain of the ship needed to really have a strict rule of law, had to be an authority, had to really impose his will, because if there's ever a mutiny on the ship, goodness gracious, like there's nobody there to help you. You're, you are on the ship by yourself with your crew. And so you had to have that imposing will in order to keep law and order on the high seas. All right. I've got an image of somebody that's driving the car and this perspective of the driver's seat. This is the perspective that command likes to have. They like to be in charge and knowing like when we're going to make a turn, when we're going to be driving straight and, and so on, so on, so forth. I've got a spade on here, a black spade. Why do I have a black spade? Because command calls a spade a spade, right? They can be very direct, be very frank, 
but they're going to call a spade a spade. I've got an image of John the Baptist, right? I, I think of John the Baptist. He was a guy called the spade a spade. You brood of vipers, he'd say to the Pharisees. Christ would use that language as well. And I've got the image here of Christ also in the temple, cleansing the temple, right? Going, he's got the whip of cords in his head. He's like, get out of here. You're making my father's house a marketplace. Seal for my house will consume me. I've got an image of David slaying Goliath. He's got the he's got the sword over his head and he's getting ready to chop off Goliath's head. And I think about the dialogue that went on between David, the shepherd boy, and King Saul prior to that, where King Saul's like, how could I send you to this, to, to your death, right? What are you going to do? And David's like, hey, I killed bears. I killed lions. God is with me. I'm going to slay this, this, you know, non-God-fearing guy, and you'll just see. And then Saul says, okay, yeah, like is, is moved by his command presence, by David's command presence. Even though Saul is the king, David's command presence wins the day and sways his heart, right? And Saul says, go, Yahweh be with you. I've got a horse here, and, and just I want to call attention to the reins here, right? Command can be very quick to take the reins. Right? What's that mean to take the reins? Literally, like take the reins of the horse or of the cart or whatever it is to, to direct it where it's going to go. He who has the reins is the one that directs where the horse and the carriage and everything else hooked up to it is going to be going. I've got a set of keys, okay? Command likes to have the keys. And then finally, I have uh, uh, some sandpaper that's here because this is often how command can show up. It's it's just can be, it can be rough and abrasive or received that way. But but ultimately, the, the goal here with command is, is to kind of smooth things out by getting everybody, by making decisions, right? Command looks at, say, indecisive, indecisiveness as the ultimate friction. What does friction do? It keeps something from moving, right? So command smooths things out. It may be uncomfortable for a season, but ultimately it's to reduce that friction and get the team moving. Okay. These are my thoughts through my lens of my number 34 command today. And uh, I'd love to hear what else you guys got here. What's landing well with this word picture? What needs to be added to this word picture? What's somebody that you know that may identify with this really well? I mean, I think of I think of Abby on our team. She's number two command. And Abby is this like, she's she's a a small, she's like a small person. Yeah, you know, just very like I don't probably it's like under a hundred pounds or something like that. I don't know, soaking wet. She's just a small person, but she takes up space when she comes into a room. And I, I, I laugh because she's number seven harmony, and that's a very unlikely pair that command and harmony, but it really balances her out. I found in the team where she never there's there's a gentleness Owen uh, that that that's associated with her command here as well. But Abby's the person that if there's not clarity and we're in the middle of a meeting, she goes, "Wait, wait, stop. Okay, so what are we doing? Like, what's going on here?" But and she does it in a way that is just again gentle, and everybody's just like, oh, "Okay, let's listen, let's listen." <laughs> you know, what else? Who else has got? I, I know we got people at number ten, number eleven. Seeing what's going on in the comments, the visual of Mo Moses parting the sea popped into your head. Okay, Corey, at your number ten command, you are 
the leader of command on this call here, Corey. All right. Are you willing to step into that command presence and share a little bit more about this visual and what it means and how it really communicates how you understand command? Maybe. I'm thinking. Um, I just, when you put your word picture there, all I could think about was um, just how he had to step up and, and you know, I just think of the the movie and seeing that happen. And it's like, this is going to happen. And then he cleared the path in front of him and everybody followed him. So he definitely got people aligned. <laughs> I mean, with God's help. So anyway, it was just, uh, <clears throat> I just think it's very dramatic uh, visual of what uh, command can do when used in the, the right way. Yeah. When used in the right way and like, and, and being informed by like, and being submissive first, right? I think we can think of command as like, I'm imposing my will. Well, what's to say that your will is good, right? We joke around here, you know, kind of joke around, but like, I'm sure Adolf Hitler was high in command as well, right? That's not to disparage everybody that's high in command, but we can see that somebody's imposed just because somebody has this skill or this talent of imposing their will to the point where people are kind of are willing to submit to that will. That's part of the that's part of the talent here. There's people that are willing to kind of just hand you the reins when you say, give me the reins. They go, OK, yeah, they just hand it over. Right. But here, Moses on the flip side, not Hitler, but Moses, who is he submitting to? Who is he submitting to first? And I think we can see the fruits of somebody that, I mean, cause yeah, you're right. He had to go and, and defy the, the, uh, he had to defy Pharaoh. He had to go before Pharaoh many times and kind of step into that command presence and be like, Hey, this is just how it is. This is what, this is what God, like, if you do this, this is what's going to happen. I don't make the rules, but he communicates the rules. And I mean, literally he was the guy that received the rules. He received the law. Right. And so command could be that person that lays down the law, begs the question, okay, what law? What law are you are you are you laying down here? Okay, what else? What else here, folks, could come on to command? And I'm about to start calling names, one of them being Janae. Janae, I know you're high communication, but you're not necessarily high command. But I know that you're high communication and you are a resident strengths coach. So yeah, absolutely. I, I feel like I, I didn't see any holes necessarily in the images. You put so many on there. There's such a great variety of what you can choose from as far as how you might feel like you show up in command. So I hate to break it to you, but I don't have anything to add to your image. Is there one that sticks out the most where you're just like, yeah, that's that's kind of my picture of command? I would say the driving, the person driving the car. Driving the that's, car. That's my image of command. I think that's how it shows up for me being... 14 and then I have three influencing strengths before it so it's not necessarily the first one that I go to but I definitely resonated with a lot of your uh the card that says that they like to be in control they like to be driving the car they like to be um that person that finds the clarity because I would agree there's definitely situations I find myself in where I'm like can we just have some clarity so we can move forward let's make a decision let's go yes Yes. And I tell you what, where, where I recognized it's there's when you read into the language uh, of, of command, it uses this word impose quite a bit, right? Impose. 
And that was something where it's just like, okay, so I look at it and I, I, I think I'm a pretty decisive guy. And most of the people who know me, who work with me are like, yeah, Matt, Matt will make decisions. He'll be decisive. And uh, I hate having to impose. I like to really get consensus with decisions. If, I, if I'll say, hey, we're going this way. And as soon as somebody says, I don't want to go that way, I'll go, okay. So like there's, there's, there's like this for, for me, it's, it's foreign or I have an aversion to saying, no, we're going, we're going this way. There's something about command that, that has, has a conviction about it too. I think of my friend, Pat, who's, uh, who's high command, but he's also high self-assurance and he can be very directive, uh, as a business owner. And he says, Matt, I, I remember the first time somebody sat down and said, like, hey, you just don't care about what other people think, do you? And he goes, I didn't know I was supposed to. Like, again, that self-assurance coupled with that command uh, can, can come forth very confident, right? And so, again, we're kind of drifting over here a little bit into how command needs to be, how it can show up virtuously. Know that you have a command presence and you can really influence people. And so that means that you need to be very aware of what you're commanding people to do, because if it is not a virtuous thing, people are going to listen because you have that gift, that command presence. And so there's a great responsibility that goes along with it. Okay. Uh, Jane, what do you got? Well, this is probably not going to resonate with most of the people and especially not you since you're a Marine, but... What came yeah. up for me was, <laughs> is the army infantry and their, their motto is follow me. And I remember my dad being infantry, special forces, ranger, oorah, all that stuff. He just had a, he had a philosophy, either lead, follow, or get the heck out of the way. Mm. Like that's mm -hmm. really, that, that's what reminds me of command. Either, either you're, you're, you're leading or a good command, someone with a good command also, like you said, submits like, uh, you know, so that, that those virtues of docility and obedience also are very important because it's like, okay, I'm not in charge. You're in charge. Let me follow you. But then when it gets fuzzy, you know, someone's got to pick up the guide on if, if someone, you know, gets shot, let's, let's keep, let's keep going with the mission. Mm. Um, and so um, anyway, that's just, but one, one more thing I wanted to, to say that really came up for me when you guys, when you talked about the the baseball card, and I'm just, this is just a wonder question, just because temperaments is really, studying temperaments has really been passionate for me, is it really came out for me, cholerics, I would wonder, this is just a wonder question of like, how many cholerics have high command and how many phlegmatics, because like it, there was that, there was that aversion to indecisiveness mm -hmm. And, you know, phlegmatics want the peace and the harmony and the, and the no movement, whereas the choleric wants to move. Let's, let's go, let's go, let's go. So that's just kind of that yin and that yang of like how those two come together. And sometimes a phlegmatic would like to have a cleric lead them. And sometimes they'll put their heels in and just say, uh, no, we're not going that way. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's a great observation. And and it's, it's fun getting to kind of lay the temperaments and uh, on on top of strengths finder and and see what the overlap looks like we we do this when we do when we do our, our compass work right and so i'm taking the guys to the program right now 
And, and um, Strengths Finders is another one of the tools that we use at Metanoid Catholic to explore unique design. Temperaments is another one of those. But when you can take these assessments that kind of explore the person from different angles and you can start to draw insights across the board, you start to get a real clear picture of, of the way that God has designed the person. And when you can look at design, you see reflected in design purpose, all right? You look at design and through looking at the design, reflecting on the design, you can start to understand and see an intentional purpose that the designer had. Okay. Uh, great, great, Jane. Thanks so much. Here's here's my stab at it, folks. All right. So switching over here, like what motivates the person that's high in command, staying pretty close to home with strengths finder language, aligning others with your point of view. Aligning others with your point of view. So again, it's an influencer talent. Influencer talents like to see other people moving, whether it's moving in the sense of an emotional movement or literally a physical movement or a movement of thought here. We, we see a bit of a, a movement of thought. All right, we want people to be aligned with my point of view. Okay. Um, how is this landing? How's it landing here, folks? So I think a lot of us can say like, yeah, it'd be nice to get to be aligned with perspectives. It'd be nice to be in a group of people that like where we're all aligned, but the person that's high in command is like, I am going to be the one that, that aligns the group, which also means I'm the one who identifies those people that are out of alignment and lets them know that they're out of alignment and lets them know where they should be aligned. And these are the reasons why you should be aligned here. So it's kind of nice image, seeing some head nods. Jane, how's this hitting you? Um, I like the aligning of others, but I, I don't like the your point of view because again, going back to Abby and, and that example, Abby's concern as a command with harmony is the clarity of the mission. And I think this is just my own perspective of command of like, well, maybe this is the virtuous aspect of command is that as long as I understand the clarity of the mission, it doesn't matter if it's my mission or not. You know, it's not my point of view, but I'm agreeing with the the team. It might have not ever been my point of view that this is really where we need to focus. But once we've gotten the focus, then commander's like, okay, let's go. Does that make sense? I don't, I don't know if that means, but the, your point of view is, is the thing that does not resonate with me. Cause it might not be my point of view. It, it might be somebody else's point of view, the, but the team's point of view. I mean, it's like, you know, the, the Holy Catholic church, like that wasn't my point of view, but I'm, I'm going to be submissive and I am understanding. So vamanos, let's go. Does that make sense? <laughs> vamanos. Yeah. I'm, I'm here. <laughs> Sorry. I'm here I'm... where it's, it, it might not be like, Hey, this is my point of view. I, it might be, I've chosen this point of view. And I've chosen it because it's what it, it's what is right. It's the right, it's the right way. So there's, so it's, it's kind of like there, there's when you, you might hear Catholics talk about how the, the Catholic church is the one, two church, one true church, right? Some people have like a, I don't really like how that sounds. It sounds like you're leading people out. How can you be so arrogant to say something like that? But it's, it's really a, a command statement and i think there is something about command when it just it 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 holds true 
to a point of view and it doesn't deviate and says, okay, like you can, you can choose what you want and the facts don't care about your feelings. Uh, reality doesn't care about your perspective. Reality is going to be there regardless. So um, by the fruits, you will know them. So we'll see, right? Um, I see Corey here uh, thinking the same thing. Uh, without people, uh, without vision, the people perish, okay? And I, I love that proverb, um, proverb 29, 18, without vision, the people perish. Um, now, now, if you read into the etymology of that, without vision, it's specifically talking about a prophecy, without a prophecy, okay? So it's a prophetic word. And a prophetic word is not one that we've engineered ourselves, it's one that we've received and we give to somebody else, okay? Corey, I see you got a hand up. Just really quick on that. <clears throat> if you look up uh, multiple translations of that scripture, um, some of them do say uh, prophecy, um, there's, there's all kinds of different revelation, um, vision. Anyways, it's worth looking up and looking at the different translations of Proverbs 2019. To, mm -hmm. to see. And then it says, at, you know, and then the next line is that, um, but blessed is he or happy is he who keeps the law. Yes. Again, you have that word, the law, that revealed word of God. That really is the thing that we submit to. So people can look at command and say, okay, this guy is, or this gal is just, you know, they're marching to the beat of their own drum or they just don't care. And it's just like, no, they care very much about truth and about what is and getting everybody on board and aligned with that. And I could see, you know, especially in a world here where there's a lot of questions about what is, and it's nice to have somebody that just, it's almost refreshing to have somebody that just steps up and says, no, this is like, this is nonsense. Like stop. There's no debate here. This is just how it is. It's a, it's not, it's, it's reality. It's just how it is. And there's something that's really clarifying about that. I think of, and, and there's, there's a longing for that now with all this talk about, you know, toxic masculinity, because I command often has like, it's not only men have high command, but it often has kind of a masculine bend to it. I, I haven't, I have not done the research to see that if it's more prevalent in men or, or, or women, right? I know that there are some talents that are more prevalent in women than they are in men, vice versa. Okay. But there's, there's something about that's, um, I think it's, it's, we, we need to have that command presence to just kind of, to just ground us and be like, no, 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 stop, stop the silly debates. This is just it. And we're moving forward. We're not going to talk about it. We're not going to discuss it anymore. We're not going to wait for you to feel good about it. This is how it's going to be. And this is how we're going forward. And that's for your good. That's not for my own edification. This is for your good. And this is for the good of everybody else that we just squash all these petty little explorations, stuff like that. Okay. What else? What else? Jessica, I saw your hand up here a moment ago. Uh, anything you want to jump in and add at one up, one down? Um, <laughs> yes. Hi, thanks. Okay. Sure. Um, so many thoughts on this. And the most recent being maybe if it read aligning others with your mission, maybe it would land a little bit differently because I think of different roles that I've had professionally as a massage therapist and as a business consultant. And then I think of my roles in motherhood where there's always a mission, you know, there's a mission to help someone on their healing journey to feel safe and secure with what we were doing or a mission to get a team to uh, 
look at things through a certain perspective um, with a mission, you know, focused. And so um, I, I understand like aligning, aligning people with my point of view sounds just a little bit uh, more centered on um, my agenda, I think is, is where mm. those words, you know, what those words, you know, that how we responded a little bit to those words. However, um, yeah, the having to uh, being able to show up in a group, knowing what the point was, and then getting everything, everyone on board is a great way to make people feel uh, focused and secure. Got it. Got it. And Jessica, I think what you're doing is you're, is you're touching on the virtuous and vicious expressions of this talent. So say, for example, maybe it's a vicious expression when it's just my point of view. And because it's mine, therefore it's worth, it's worthy of everybody following it. It's like, no, that's not where the merit comes from. The merit comes from, it's, it's kind of like St. Paul who says, look at me, follow me because I'm imitating, imitate me because I'm in imitating the Lord. Right. So it's, it's where are you grounding your, um, your vision your point of view, your mission that you're guiding people towards. I think that is a very important question that command needs to be asking uh, because people are going to follow you. They are going to follow you. All right. If we pivot here into kind of the, uh, the more of the, the virtuous, vicious understanding of this talent, we, we like to ground ourselves in scripture. So drawn today from John chapter two, verses 15 through 17. And this is pulled right from the, uh, the book on the shelf, uh, that gets into, um, it's called Living Your Strengths Catholic Edition. Okay. So here's one of the scriptures that they reference. It goes like this He made a whip out of cords and, them all, and drove them all out of the temple area with the sheep and oxen and spilling the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. And to those who sold doves, he said, Take these out of here and stop making my father's house a marketplace. His disciples recalled the words of scripture, zeal for your house will consume me. Okay, so a couple little typos there. Pardon my my uh, fingers, but uh, what, what can we gather from this? Okay, he made a whip out of cords and drove them all out of the temple. How might, be the, Lord, how might the Lord be giving us an example of command Showing up virtuously. We, we know that it's showing up virtuously here. It's Jesus. It's the only way he can show up virtuously. So what's an important aspect? Corey, I see your hand up. One thing that always stands out to me in this scripture is that he made a whip out of cords. Like he was taking his time. He was thoughtful when he um, actually finally did speak those words, take these out of here and uh, zeal for your house will consume me. Um, I just always think that it's that strength under control. Like he was definitely thoughtful ahead of time. Anyway, that's pretty much. <laughs> okay. We can see here that there's, there's uh, uh, okay. Whip out of cords, thoughtful. Right. So there was some intentionality with this versus I'm just kind of flying off the handle. But there is certainly passion in here. I, I I don't think Jesus was kind of deadpan when he was whipping the animals out of the temple and flipping over tables and and accusing like flat out calling people like you've turned my father's house into a marketplace and some other 
you know, gospels, it's you made my father's house a den of thieves. Pretty strong words. All right. So I think I think we can say that command, it's a virtuous expression of command, can have some passion and some emotion behind it. I mean, it is meant to compel other people and influence other people. Jane, what do you got? This is so funny. My my goddaughter and I were just discussing this scripture verse on Friday. Um, and and <clears throat> because we were talking about anger, right? And and how to tame anger and how do we use it when we find an injustice. And we were talking about this that many times when we read this, when we hear the overturning of the tables and spilling the coins, we have this vision of just almost like a temper tantrum, like, right? You're like mm throwing things across the room, but it, it isn't. And, and Corey said that he took his time to, to make the whip out of court. So there was time, but he realized that with all of this noise, with all of this activity, with all of this, you know, chaos, the only way he was going to get their attention was to make something dramatic and turn over the tables. Cause if he had talked to them individually or in something it would not have been noticed mm -hmm. and the the other interesting thing in in mark it goes on and when i i was just looking up in john it talks about you know they're all you know giving him a hard time right like why are you saying this and then you know and then he replies you know tear down the temple and i'll raise it in three days so there was this pushback of his command right but in mark it talks about how then he went into the temple to teach Mm -hmm. And the Pharisees were looking for a way to catch him, but the they couldn't because the people were understanding that he had this authority. And so it was really just interesting. My, my, my goddaughter and I were just talking about this fact about like he took a drastic action of like, you know, this was probably talked, you know, this was the scuttlebutt, right? This would have been all over social media you know, he, he flipped it over, but then what did he do? Then he, then he had the silence and he had the ability to go and teach the way he needed to teach. And so I just thought that was just a really interesting way of the virtuous anger of when we see him in, we, we see it in poverty, we see an injustice and what do we do with it? And so we were just kind of talking about her own melancholic disposition tends to hide because she doesn't, mm. she wants to suppress her anger. And so she hides and she realized that, no, this is, this is a good, good and holy thing to call out something, to do it in a controlled manner and, and to have our passions, you know, through the reason cycle. So anyway, sorry. Yes. Yes. I love that Jane. And, and, and I love that you brought up how, what did he do right after this? Well, he taught, he stuck around and taught and so it wasn't like it wasn't a big shame fest that he was launching. It was rather one of conviction. But then, yeah, I, I wonder what he taught. And perhaps, I mean, the whole all, perhaps it was something I, I it was it was about starting to restore the way that that temple area was really intended to be right and bringing people back to it. Right. And say, OK, yeah, you just saw this. But here's why. Here's here's the why behind this. And this is like, again, this isn't about me. This is about you. Like this is about this is about you experiencing the dignity of the temple area. You're right now. You're experiencing in a way that can't communicate effectively your dignity to you and what this area is for and the relationship that the Lord is inviting you into. I want to restore this so that the conditions are set 
for you to be able to experience this dignity. I mean, the focus is so much outside of himself with that. Yeah, this is where the difficult conversations, uh, Corey, you, you you bring it up here in the chat. Uh, command will enter into those difficult conversations, not to create discord, but to create alignment, right? Uh, Jessica, you shared before, like, I, I want it to be alignment with a mission, a common mission. That's the, we talk about this all the time. That's the very foundation of a loving relationship is when people, two people or more, are pursuing the same common good, the same mission together, right? Of their own free will. And so this is something that even starts to get into, yes, command can be very, can be very provocative and, and imposing with, you know, with, with, with what it believes, what he or she believes should be and how people should be acting. But again, if it's aligned with truth, it can be a, incredibly helpful because sometimes that's the only way you're going to get people's attention versus you just kind of come in and says, Oh, well, if you want, you know, well, this is what's going to happen. It's like, no, like sometimes people need to be shook. Right. And sometimes God shakes. <laughs> sometimes God communicates, uh, like we say with two by fours. Okay. What else? Is there anything else? Anything else here? Gentle two by fours, loving two by fours, <laughs> but still, painful too by force anything else right even the the disciples they looked at this i i think it's neat that the disciples looked at this and then they it wasn't like his disciples recalled the words of scripture right zeal for my house will consume me okay so they're seeing this what they perceived was something that was virtuous Right, so there was something in the expression of it that wasn't like the disciples were like, "Whoa, Jesus, Jesus went a little too far that time." Or, ooh, that was a little bit ooh, went a little excessive, right? D -d -d Simmer down. Like, I, but there was something in the way that he did it that was appropriate and proportional to what was to what was taking place. So I think a proportionality is also something that we could draw from here that command should be considering. Uh, that proportionality, right? Okay. Let's jump here and take a look at virtuous side, vicious side. All right. So virtuous, we always look at how can we live in interdependently in relationships and then vicious, what inclines us towards independence. Like that's where we see only the good that we bring, but we don't see the good other people bring or leads to dependence where we can only see ourselves as being good if somebody else sees us as good. And then that codependence where it's just a shallow relationship where two people are getting some sort of advantage, uh, but there's also an accommodation being made to each side where nobody really has to grow at the end of the day. Nobody's really seen, right? So it's a very dishonest relationship. If you look at the virtuous expression of inter, uh, of command, what I put here is it's, it's first submissive to truth before imposing the will on another. I don't think it's I don't think it's bad that command imposes or makes an imposition. If it's something that is aligned with truth and it's really for the good of the other person, it may be the right thing to do. All right. Now it doesn't mean that we just truth without love, right? We we can't go that's that's an extreme, right? So we're always honoring the other person's freedom. But it's okay to kind of turn the heat up a little bit, 
on this person and really kind of challenge them be like, okay, like fight me back on this. I'm saying it should be this way. If you disagree, put up a fight, fight me back on this, make your case. If you, if you're the, if you got the better case, you win. But that's what command is is seeking to to get people. And you can see how even the wrestlers goes back to that wrestling image, right? Eventually one triumphs, one imposes their will on another person in warfare. Eventually one triumphs and imposes their will on another. What are some of the things that are coming in the chat here? Yeah. Relationship needs to have a, have a solid trust basis. Okay. I think that's certainly important. Uh, Otherwise you can go in and you can go the, the tyrant route, right? That's not considerate of the other person, not considerate of their freedom. That's going completely independent, right? So that, that inter that independent lacks of respect for the other person interdependent will have a, a respect for that person. Even if they're, strongly saying, okay, this is gonna, this is how it's going to go, right? Okay, leads to dependence, another vicious expression here. So we just did independence. Leads said dependence needs devotees and uh, needs, they, they need devotees, right? People that are going to be kind of following them uh, and submission from others in order to feel powerful. Okay, so this is like, I must break you, right? I, I will make you bend to my will. Ultimately, uh, and then finally leads to codependence this is where they take command over what is not within their authority. And other people easily ac abdicate or acquiesce. Right. So we talk a lot about boundaries at Metanoia Catholic and and locus of control, what's inside or outside their locus of control. Command and a codependent relationship will take authority over something that is somebody else's. And that other person is just like, yeah, you can take it. That's fine. That's fine. Nobody's really growing, right? People are getting a little bit of a, it's a bit of a tit for tat relationship. What can we, what, how is this land in here, folks? Especially those people that are high, higher in command. Jessica. So I am 11, but my thoughts have been how important this is for people who may not have it in their higher numbers of strength, but for all people to understand and be able to identify this strength in others and have an understanding of how to discern whether or not that strength is in virtue or vice, because we are influenced by so many people leading us in so many different areas. And to be able to use this strength to process and trace it back to the truth and then know if this person is sharing truth with us. Okay. So you're saying that, yes, because command can be so powerful and it really can have this sway, everybody else that's following the person that, that's high command needs to, they are responsible for doing their due diligence to discern well, if this is the right way, right? If they're leading us down a virtuous path, right? We just got done in the academy, the Metanoia Catholic Academy. That's where everybody here is a member uh, and they're also in our coach training program. So go to catholiccoaching.com to learn how you can join MCA and be a part of these calls. But one of the workshops that we recently did was how to avoid being brainwashed. Okay, you might think, oh, that's a little bit strong wording. But yeah, brainwashing is is a tech technique, right? Uh, and it's something where you can really start to bombard the person, right? The person that's high command or the entity that's high command can really be bombarding and imposing of their will. And it may not necessarily be towards a virtuous end. 
Okay. So we all have our, we all have our work to do in terms of discerning. Well, that's got, we all have reason, right? And this is where even, even during times of like, you know, recently the COVID crisis where there was a lot of people say, well, whatever the doctor says that goes, it's like, no, like we're all responsible for really making our own decisions and for us to just abdicate. And this goes across the board with everything for us to just abdicate over to the doctor and say, doctor knows best. Sometimes I don't know if that's hundred percent true all the time. And so we need to constantly, we need to still be having our faculties engaged here, folks, if we're going to be responsible, Jane, what do you got? I just have a, a, a funny little story about the vicious side of independence. It reminds me of, um, um, my daughter was at a choir and, uh, there was a new pastor and he, he literally just insisted that all the choirs had to meet on this particular day. And the choir director that she was under literally said to, to, to this pastor, like, I cannot meet that day. I close in my, at my, my, my store and I'll never be able to meet on that day. And literally he said, well, then I guess you don't need to be in this choir at this moment. And so she said, okay. And then she went back to the choir and said, well, uh, you know, explain the situation. And literally the whole choir quit. And my, my daughter was on a trip. She came back and there was no choir for that mass. And it was like, wow, that was like, that was a definite inconsiderate tyrant example of like, you know, my way or the highway. And, and that is that viciousness of a command of like a my way or the highway. And I think that's why going back to the motivation where I was having an aversion of my point of view, right. Mm -hmm. And going back to that inter, you know, interdependence of first submitting to the truth before imposing another's will, which is what Moses did. Right. And which is what David did because David's David's aversion to Goliath was the fact that Goliath was blaspheming against God, the Mm -hmm. one, you know, and, and that was what riled him up. He's like, no, 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 no. I'm going to, I'm going to take you down because you've just blasphemed my God and I'm not going to let you, you know, and the Mm -hmm. same thing with Moses. He had that experience on the mountain. So he, he knew God, you know, God, he was his friend. He saw him face to face. So anyway, I just thought that was a funny, that was a funny example of independence of inconsiderate tyrant. Like, nope, I'm the pastor. We're going to do it this way. And a lot of times leaders do that you know, a lot of commanders will do that. I don't care. You know, this is my way. So that's, that's like Jessica said, we have to be careful of, of those who are in command of this vicious side. Yeah. Yeah. And at the same time, it's like it, Jessica, one of the things you brought, we have to be aware of these people that have this command also because they, they may, if say, give them the benefit of the doubt or certainly discern, but if they're, if they are if they are in charge and they are, excuse me, if they are, they have, if they have discerned the vision well, okay, I want them on my team, right? Because I want them getting everybody else aligned and on board with the good vision. Janae, what do you got? Yeah, I, I was going to say something like that, where I feel, I remember the verse comes to mind about like, to whom much is given, much will be expected. And it's like, command has such, um, has such a presence. It has such a gift in, in our church. And so like, maybe it's not, if I remember correctly, it may not be one of the most frequent themes. Like, I feel like it's a little bit more infrequent. I could be wrong. Probably a good thing. 
Uh, probably <laughs> so. God's design. Not only for us that don't have it, but those who have it, like all of us working together, like if we do have it, I love that leads to interdependence. Like it's first submissive to truth before imposing its will on another. It's like, we got to do our own work first. We have to be the ones that are making sure that we're like, we're talking about doing our discernment, all of that. Um, and then also, if you know someone with command to be able to like help draw that virtuous side out, like if, even if you aren't high in command, or maybe you, you are too, either way, like being able to help one another and realize like, this is a gift that the church absolutely needs. Like if, especially if we're aligned with truth, with objective truth. And I think of even Abby on the team, like being aligned with Metanoia Catholic's mission. It's like, it's not just her point of view, but it's like, this is the point of view of Metanoia Catholic in general. It's like the world needs this. The world needs what we have to give. And it's like to have people with command on the team to be able to go out there and be able to be flexible, obviously, like realizing that we're constantly discerning, but to bring that to the masses, to bring that to people that want to be led into virtue. And so, yeah, anyway, I just think it's a really powerful gift and it's something to be really aware of. And I, I, I love it. Yes. Yes. I love it too. I mean, I, I think again, my, my friend Pat and oftentimes what he'll, he'll do is he's introduced me to, to many people and there's the introductions often go this way, Matt, you should talk with this person. And it's not like, Hey, Matt, I consider it like, Matt, I invite you. It's like, Matt, you should talk with this person. And it's happening while he's introducing me to the other person, you know, like, so like it's in the email or it's in the text message. You guys should, should talk. You need to meet and like, and get together. But there's been such a trust that I've, I've cultivated with him that, man, it's just like, okay, well, if Pat says so, then yeah, it's good. He hasn't led me astray before. And uh, so knowing that he's prayerfully discerning these things and we have that relationship, I, I'm very willing to submit to um, to those to those things. And and what he's he's been sharing about his growth. Part of his growth has been recognizing that um, that he needs to that or that he can hold the space for other people. Right. And just kind of listen and then do a little bit more of that coach approach style evocative questioning that kind of evokes what's going on in the other person rather than just jumping in and saying, Oh, do it this way. Right. But so he's using his command present to draw out other people's will from them so that they engage their will and they're not just blind followers. I mean, that's something that that's a beautiful virtuous expression of, of a command talent. Great. Okay. Some of the, uh, some of the mindsets as we wrap up here. So the virtuous mindset, this, and this is, this is just, I think, a, a good prompt for the person that's high in command when they, and it's this question, am I imposing my will or God's will? All right, so you're going to be imposing your will. That's part of what you do in command, or at least how you are inclined to do it. There's something, there's not an aversion to it. There's a delight in it. Okay, so there's a reason why we go to habits because they feel good. They feel natural. There's resonance that's there. Okay, there's dopamine perhaps that's there. But we also know that we can do a lot of things that feel good that have rotten fruits. Okay, so how do we make sure that command showing up and feeling good and that talent of command is bearing good fruits? Well, we've been hitting on the steam throughout the entire call. Command, like all the other talents, needs to be submissive to God first. Needs to be submissive to the will of the Lord. Needs to be submissive to what truth is. And so if it's just operating from your own feelings, right, your own antecedent appetites and your own 
you know, what's flavor of the flavor of the month or whatever is boiling in you at the moment, you better make sure that's subject to reason and that reason can be backed up factually. Okay. Humility. I love it. I love it. I love it, Jessica. Yes, indeed. Humility is, is, uh, is what we're going for here. Vicious mindsets do this, right? Do this because I said so kind of just a taskmaster there. I'll show you who's boss could be one of those expressions. Or finally, it's better for you that I take charge of your life, of everything, right? It's better for you that I just take charge. All right. Kind of leading more to that codependent relationship. People go, oh, okay, sure. Yeah, I'll do it. All right. Where's the growth at that point? Where's the person actually coming into their own, the person coming into their own will, uh, coming into their own self-possession so they can, they can mature into a self-gift? Okay, all of these talents, when they're lived out virtuously, folks, and we talk about this, what do they do? They create space. Like we show up in our areas of greatest contribution. So we show up as self-gift in the purest, sincerest, uh, most uh, disinterested sort of sense, right? We're just kind of detached from whatever we gain from it. But also we, we create space for other people to show up as they authentically are by God's design. So nothing, nothing takes away when we're living virtuously in our strengths, there's no consuming of others that's taking place, but rather it's a consummation. There's a completion that's taking place. And we enter into that. It is consummated. There's a consummation across the body of Christ. When we enter into the virtue of our strengths, the virtuous expression of our strengths. So hopefully this has been helpful today for people that are listening high command and how they might virtuously live in that. If you want to join these calls, we're in the Metanoia Catholic Academy. Go to catholiccoaching.com. You can join the Metanoia Catholic Academy. You'll find it in order to get coached uh, there. And uh, you can be a part of the conversations, all these people. I, I'm not the expert in the room, but collectively, right, as a body, right here, this is just a small expression of living as the body of Christ here in this call. And that's 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 what I call the Metanoia Catholic Academy. It's, a, it's, a, it's experience of living in that body of Christ because you're surrounded by these all these other growth-minded Catholics. That really, they, they've done the self-awareness journey, but not to just end at this selfish navel gazing, but also to, to look at this, okay, how do I grow in virtue, self-possession, so ultimately I can I can taste, like share in the glory of, of being self-gift, right? And giving glory to God. And then like, he elevates it, right? He just, he's so generous. We, we get to share, come share in the master's joy as we hear in the, in the parable of the talents again and again. Okay. All right, music for May, Scythian. <laughs> I love Scythian. He talking about the sit awesome. As a little I don't get it, but that's I don't know, that's that's a Harriet, qualify it. What what do you mean? She's like, "Uh-oh." Oh. I was just saying they're a great band. Oh, they're the, a great band. For May. A great band for May. All right, fantastic. Fantastic. All right. Hey, folks, God bless. Thanks so much for being with us. We'll catch you next week.